It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. But joining us now on the SECV hotline is John Barchard from BleedingGreenNation.com. And uh, John, wanted to get John to uh, wrap up the season for the Eagles. Far be it, we didn't know, you didn't know when we talked last Monday that there would be uh, some interesting news coming out of the front office for the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, yeah, just like I was saying this morning, like I, just, I was ready to kick my feet up and just be like, okay, let's uh, sit through the misery of you know the rest of the flyer season here and you know, and they're they're not taking on taking on purpose like the Sixers are, and <laughs> yeah. can deal with that, and then try and try and get pumped up about Aaron Haran getting signed for a year. You know, with the Phillies, and uh, you know, feeding them salami sandwiches and all that other good stuff that he likes. And then all of a sudden, just kind of kaboom! You know, there's this big Tom Gamble gets fired. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, whoa! Yeah, what is this? What's going on here? Like, holy cow! That's a, that's a pretty huge deal. Because originally, a lot of people thought that Tom Gamble was, you know, the actual guy, the the guy behind the scenes, and there wasn't even that much power that, that how he had over him, and he was the one running things, and you know, so respected around the league, and he was in San Francisco, and his father, of course, was here, and all this other stuff, and it's just it's so sudden and and, and crazy, and it looks like a a big power play that Howie Roseman's trying to do, and. You know, this is this is how it's going to be, and you know, we then everybody jumped to the conclusion of like, oh wow, well maybe Tom Campbell was the guy that got got in the way of everything and screwed up this draft and and whatever. And then a couple of days later, Mike Florio just comes out and says, hey, uh, there's going to be another huge move in the front office, and <laughs> everybody starts to panic again. It was like, wait a minute, is Chip that upset that he's going to come out and quit? And holy crap, what's going on? Uh, and then, you know, the, the shakeup is that, no, this is, you know, this is my team and I'm going to run it. And Chip Kelly becomes, you know, the guy. So he's in charge of, of personnel now. And, it, and it's kind of a, and, and don't get it twisted here, Hoss. This was a, a direct reaction from it. You know, reports came out later that said Chip wouldn't be that upset if it was, uh, you know, if, if eventually they had to fire Tom Gamble, if they had to fire him this season, it was just the manner in which they did it. So he took it real personally. And it, it all just guesswork here, but I, I'm pretty sure that it's pretty pretty clear to me that Jeffrey Laurie had to choose between the two guys, and he's going to go with the head coach here. So it's it going to be interesting here now is there's now a GM search on, and we didn't think that there would be any type of you know Eagles drama compared to last year. And this is with the Sean Jackson, and now it's kind of like you know 
one thing added to the pile and it uh, keeps everybody writing and keeps everybody talking here. Yeah, I, I always thought that Gamble was, you know, like, you know, Howie was the, the great and powerful Oz and Gamble was a little guy behind the curtain moving all the dials and everything like that. But uh, how much of this, or if any of this, has to do with Chip Kelly and any other offers that he might have got that stayed under the table? Uh, I don't know. I you know, I don't think that there's, again, we can go back to the old well of, well, maybe there's a couple of college offers out there or anything like that, but I don't think anybody, when you, I mean, when you look at the coaching spectrum, it would have been a, definitely a buyer's market for him if he really did have the intention of walking in there and quitting and saying, this is this is how it's going to be, or I'm, I'm walking out of here. I mean, if you, if your choices are Pat Shermer, Doug Marone, and the retreads of you know Rex Ryan and Mike Shanahan. I'm sure everybody would jump at the chance to get Chip Kelly out there. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. That that whole thing's still all cloudy. You know, there's been other speculation too of like, well, maybe this was just kind of planned, and this is how it worked. But I, I just, I don't think that's how it's going here. What's what's scary now, and I think what's you know people are automatically latching on to is it's like, oh well, now you know Chip Kelly with no experience of. Uh, of running running a, an NFL team and being able to see the trade value and looking at this year's draft and saying, well, you know, if he valued guys like Taylor Hart and he wanted him two rounds ahead and Taylor Hart's a guy at defensive end that hasn't played a snap, like he's basically redshirted the whole year. Mm-hmm. He wanted him in the third round. So I, I think there's, there's people that are scared of the reaching ability uh, of what that could become without like an experienced GM to kind of, you know, guide him along of, what exactly was, and that—that's something that Roseman was was brilliant at. I right. mean, he knew exactly where guys were drafting on other teams. He knew the type of value in here. And the other thing that came out too was that Chip Kelly wanted Jordan Matthews in the first round. And from an outsider's perspective, if we're looking at that and saying, you know, in retrospect now, and we're looking at Marcus Smith, well, that's not that bad of a pick then. You know, he turned out to have a great rookie year, and it's—it looks like to me at least that that's a Roseman pick because. If, you know, Adam Kaplan went on and said, no way, that that's a Tom Gamble move. And if you're saying that Chip Kelly wanted Jordan Matthews there, then I think we know who we can finally pin that on. But um, it's going to be a, a quite an interesting search here. There's been a couple of names that have been mentioned already. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's scary. It's scary and it's exciting all at the same time. But Chip Kelly, more or less, is going to be the guy now, right? Is that correct? Even though they're yeah, going mean, to they're gonna have a GM, but Chip Kelly is going to have a lot more power, a lot more say into this. Looking at it from another aspect, Chip Kelly needs to, really needs to focus on this team, not what's going on with all the salary cap stuff and all that kind of thing. He has to be aware of it, but he needs to focus on what's going on on the field. His mind doesn't need to be in that in the, on that desk and on that war room board. Well, and he's admitted that publicly already. I mean, I think he's given credit, and some people took it as like he was slighting, you know, Howie Roseman, and he really just wants a football guy in there. And I don't, I don't disagree with that either. I just, he's already said like I'm not a numbers guy. I'm not exactly sure like what what contract should be with which person and and all that other stuff. So there is some concern there too, Hoss. Of like, you know, uh, you look at a guy like D'Amico Ryan's who's Obviously, you know he he loves those type of guys. He loves Brent Selleck. He loves, you know, the the workhorses that might be getting older, mm-hmm. you know, and and is and is very much involved with the with the continuity aspect of it. And that's one thing I've been critical of him about. He's just too much into the continuity, and sometimes you need to make those moves there. You know, I I, I this is the thing that I also want to say on the flip side of that is I really don't think. The Chip Kelly is the type of guy that's going to come in there and say, we're going to do it my way and I don't care because it's me type of thing. You know, this is a guy that has 
I think the most coaches in the league, you know, so he likes to, he likes to get things done fast and, and, and work everything out. That's why I don't think he's going to shy away from what the new GM will tell him or what Roseman is telling the new GM, you know, to, to tell Chip either. The only difference is now he just doesn't have to listen to it. So <laughs> it might, there might be, there might be some bumpy roads coming in here, but I really do think that new GM is going to be the messenger between Howie Roseman and Chip Kelly. Um, I have a, a good feeling that it, it will be received. There's just some bad blood. And, and like I said on BGN Radio, that uh, just came out today, I think they're both babies for doing this because Tom Gamble didn't need to get fired over this. You know, this has been going on for months. This is something they could have talked out and done professionally and, and done all this other stuff. And I just don't think they communicated at all. And I think that's one of the reasons why the draft is so up and down. All right, let's talk. Let's hand out some game balls for the Eagles. The season's done, obviously. Uh, we'll start with special teams. Who gets your game ball for the for the Eagles? Oh, man, that's a jeez. Um, everybody, <laughs> really. I mean, the special teams. If I had to, if I had to, you know, have a have a tie here, I'm I'm going to go with. Obviously, Darren Sproles has been huge. Chris Polk's been good. All the returners have had great. But I I will probably give the award. To rookie uh, Cody Parkey, I think he came in here, took over the job, uh, you know, in, a, in an environment that people really, really <laughs> were desperately seeking a new kicker, and he performed way above expectation. All right, on the defensive side of the ball, who gets your game ball, John? Whew, uh, Fletcher Cox, and and honestly, I don't know what what stopped him from getting a Pro Bowl. Not that that's really that much important or anything like that, but through all the things that. There was a lot of criticism for reason that he was, you know, doing so hot. And I'd probably include an honorary to Benny Logan because those two guys uh, got some unwarranted criticism during the preseason and all that stuff. And they came out even better than they did last year. Uh, and that's also a testament to, you know, the D-line coaches and, and everybody there in that front seven. But Fletcher Cox for me is definitely the MVP. Okay, on offense, I, I'm not even going to bother asking because I know it's going to be Sanchez. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, for, for me, that's, I mean, how couldn't I say Jeremy Macklin? Um, yeah. Coming off of the ACL, uh, you know, just the constant knowing that he's going to get compared to Deshaun Jackson every five seconds and you know, a lot of criticism in the preseason, and we forget about it because he's performed so well, but just an outstanding year, and can't wait for him to you know, re-sign with the Eagles on a long-term deal. All right, now, before we let you go, uh, we have uh, Sergeant Dan from the Air Force in here. His Cowboys absolutely backed into the next round of the playoffs. <laughs> go, uh, yeah, that we, you know, we were talking about this uh, before we went on the air, uh, and that is the call, of course, that everybody's talking about. It's all over Sports Center. Was it the god-awful Terrible call, yes, it absolutely was. And that got your Cowboys into the playoffs. That's, it's, it's that simple, Dan. Yep, because the Detroit <laughs> Lions didn't have any other opportunities to score any touchdowns or field goals and win the game. Yeah, and no big deal because uh, whoever's playing on the outside, I forget the play, but on the game-winning touchdown, there's two massive holds that allowed you know Tony Roman to throw that freaking touchdown pass. Too. <laughs> Let me just tell you. The officiating was awful. Oh, was that game terrible. was horrible. All, all weekend and, the officiating yeah. was bad. Yeah, and this is what I don't understand. Like, why are you breaking up crews? Like, yes. that doesn't make any sense. You've had guys that have been there for, you know, that's how, I don't know, that's a whole different topic. But let me just tell you, Philadelphia fans, Eagles fans, congratulations. It is Jason Garrett Extension Day. No matter what happens now, I mean, he is locked in at least for one more year, and hopefully 
much more to come. And I am so happy that that's, that that's there. That's what I said. This is a win-win either way. They lose and they're out. Fine. That makes me happy. And if they win and go to Green Bay, even, even better because Jason Garrett's uh, coming back next year. I'd rather have Garrett than some of these other names you're throwing around out there. They're, what's out there for head coaches right now? Well, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a great point. Really, not that. Honestly, I know it sounds silly, but I, I think Doug Marone in, in Dallas would work out great. But, you know, the four coordinators have been mentioned for head coaching jobs, and I think they're the, they're the real success of the season. So if Dallas gets rid of Scott Linehan and, and all those guys, and if they find jobs elsewhere, we're going to find out just exactly how good Jason Garrett, uh, you know, can coach a football team. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it sounds ridiculous because they're moving on into the, and seriously, Dan, congratulations, because I know what it feels like to be on the opposite side of that. And, yeah. uh, it's much more exciting than all <laughs> yeah. that. But, but I mean, if you look at the future of the Cowboys, I'm, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Just got to get, uh, Murray and Brian under contract for next year. I'm guessing both of you are feeling great for completely different reasons here. It's just a hunch on my part. <laughs> yeah, one of, that's what I'm saying. It's got to be one or the other with those guys. And judging by the way, they've just absolutely killed DeMarco Murray. I don't think he's coming back. Next yeah, year. they so wore that horse out. Day. They wore that horse out. All right, uh, John, it has been an absolute pleasure. And throughout the off season, leading up to the draft and any time any Philadelphia Eagles news comes out, obviously you're going to be our first call, John. Appreciate it. Fantastic work all season. Absolutely. Thanks uh, to you guys, too. It's been great, and, you know, uh, we're very pumped to be working with you th- uh, throughout the next season, too, and all the season beyond. Appreciate it, Hoss. Thank Absolutely. you very much. Absolutely. We'll be in touch. John Barcher joining us, of course, from Bleeding Green Nation.